Yo. That didn't sound bad. No, well, it really wasn't. <laughs> it was it was almost as good as uh, uh, Major Malfunction. Uh, it was it was way better than my backup parts in No Wrenches. <laughs> oh, insight! Uh, it's literally what I did. Is that really? What? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was real bad. <laughs> I thought I was so awesome. <laughs> Just, do you? I mean, you have to want to go back and smack sixteen-year-old Russ in the face, right? I saw uh, a meme, and I'm not a meme guy, but I saw one recently. It said, you "Like keep saying I'm not a meme guy, and then you bring up memes. I think you're becoming a meme guy. Maybe I am, but uh, it, it was like if you don't look back at yourself and think how stupid were you were, you're you're still stupid, yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I totally feel that way. Yeah, I was just, oh god, I can't believe I'm doing this. So I would just, I'm, I'm. Listening to Jay Shandrasekhar, Jay Shandrasekhar, yes, his book right now, mm-hmm. uh, and he was talking about how he went to this big party school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is, and I was thinking about this, and I've thought about this, I think about this often because it's really fucking embarrassing. And I was like, I wonder if I'm ever going to bring that up to, on the podcast. <laughs> and, now and I'm going to do are. it right the same day that I wondered that. <laughs> so. When I went to college, I didn't, I had never drank. Mm -hmm. I didn't drink in college, had zero intention of drinking in college, but somehow hung the basis on the college that I was going to, that Playboy had named them one of their top party schools. (laughs) And I don't, I think I was so pathetic. I didn't really know what that meant. And I remember telling everyone like my aunts and uncles and like fucking friends of the family like playboys one of top party schools and they were like oh we we had such ambition for you like they and to me i didn't i didn't really realize what i was making myself sound like Mm -hmm. and i didn't even do that (laughs) so i got all of like the negative thoughts that people thought about me by Mm -hmm. like saying how i was going to like russ is turning into a huge douchebag yes they uh, like I would look like Jim Belushi. Yeah, you yeah, Ryan Reynolds and Van Wilder. Uh, but I would not look or like Ryan Reynolds. Scene. I okay, would not. Look you would like- look like the opening scene of Tommy Boy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what they. And I didn't even do that. So I ended up like creating this. I, nobody ever said anything to me, but in their heads, of course, I turned that into their image of me, and mm-hmm. that wasn't me. In the sl- like, it was so weirdly naive or something. I don't know what it. I don't know why I hung my hat on that and yeah. told her it was f- stupid. And then you're just in your dorm room watching horror movies and girls gone wild tapes. <laughs> mostly, mostly <laughs> horror movies. Uh, yeah. Like Tom, Tom green, like, uh, he had his time, the new Tom green show before it got canceled. And like, uh, the college that I was at won a, uh, like he came to our, our college, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm pretty. It had to have been Ben and I were like driving to go to the video store because that's the only place we would ever drive or to play walk to play racquetball. But I'm yeah. pretty sure we were driving. <laughs> and it's like two houses down. There was Tom Green, like in the at a at a party outside. We were like, oh, there's Tom Green. We could go, or we could go to Family Video. <laughs> we went to Family Video. <laughs> so this is like height of Tom Green popularity. No, kind of. this is no. He had the Tom Green show. This was the new Tom Green show. Oh, okay. So he had waned and came back. 
So this is 2003. Yeah. But he was literally like we drove by him like that's Tom Green in there in that that party. Okay, let's go get <laughs> Tom Green movie. Let's go rent Freddy Got Fingered instead. Uh, yeah, it's kind of I, I was an idiot. That's so dumb. Yeah, that's really that's really funny. Yeah, because that's yeah that is like the most rust thing to do <laughs> to just be like yeah I'm all in on this thing right here, which makes you sound like a giant douchebag. Yes, without you knowing it at all. Mm-hmm. And then not taking part in anything about that. I have this weird thing where I think I portray a way bigger douchebag than I actually am. That's like. <laughs> At times, that's sure. That's thing, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you live up to it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, give me, Speaking of living. Yes. It's your birthday. It is my birthday. You are living a year longer. Uh, I hope so. I mean, I lived a year longer. Mm-hmm. Let's hope I do live a year longer. At least one. Here's hoping. Yeah. I thought I'd be dead nine years ago, but. Why, why was that your number? 26 was just my number. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 26 was my number. Something that I had just picked out when I, you know, high school, middle school, like, yeah, I'm pretty fat. I'm, I'm going to be dead by 26. And then uh, I found out when I was like 16 or 17, like uh, my friend's dad, who was a paramedic, at one point I told him like. If if your friend doesn't like do something about his weight, he's going to be dead by twenty six. And I was like, "Yes, nailed it! I got the number right." You have like a death pool with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't get you anything because I thought I would have another week because mm-hmm. I thought we'd be recording last week, mm-hmm. and then I could say, "Well, I you know happy belated birthday." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this summer or this summer this weekend, <laughs> all the fucking snow in the world came down upon us. Yeah, it was, crazy. and I didn't go anywhere. Uh, I'd never done this before. And I told my wife, I'm like, I've never done this. This was Saturday when it was really bad. Mm-hmm. It was like 11 o'clock. The boys are playing. I was like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm having a drink. I, that was the <laughs> earliest in my life. I'd, and I bas- I drank from like 11 to 2 <laughs> and then took a nap. And that was it. Like, like I, I had committed myself. If I was ever going to like do a full day thing, that mm-hmm. was the day. Nope. 11 yeah. to 2, basically. I had four drinks over that time and just <laughs> basically worked ahead on the podcast and, and – uh, that was that was my Saturday. Well, yeah. it was great, but like to be able to just like take a two two p.m. nap. Mm-hmm. So, how was your birthday? Uh, I spent my birthday yesterday. Uh, well, that's not so. Yesterday was we celebrated as a family, mm-hmm. uh, and I went and I had to buy a new washer. Nice, and then install it. Then, as I'm getting ready to install it, I was like, ah, I should really replace this cord, so I had to go back to the. Uh, home improvement store and buy yet another <laughs> so it was just it was it was a dad that was a yeah, dad that's a dad, dad birthday yeah. that's a dad birthday totally that's a husband dad birthday pretty much what you'd expect we talked last week about ron livingston with his uh dad day mm-hmm. yeah this is the, yeah. the epitome of a dad day <laughs> uh i'm finding out curtains are fucking expensive they also the horrible thing about curtains is you can they do not uh work Meaning, meaning they do not block the sun at fucking all. Well, we're going to get blackout curtains. Those do not work, bro. Hold them up to the light in the store. Blackout curtains do not mean what you think it does. Hmm. It means might block it out if it's nighttime. You know, I used to sell curtains. Yeah. Try it, bro. Like 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. Try it. Hold it. When you're in the store, hold it up. You will see right through that bitch. 
I told people they blocked out the light. You lied. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I was trained or anything. You are a liar because it does not. That's why all my houses have newspaper in them. All my houses have multiple houses. (laughs) All the windows in my house. They're multiple families. Yes. (laughs) How do people do that? I don't have the energy. I I can barely sustain one. Skinny people. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so we have like one window in our family room. And I've lived in my house for like it's a year and a half now almost. Mm-hmm. Never had anything on it. And I just have a baseball cap that I have on uh, that when the sun comes in too much, I just put on the baseball cap. <laughs> I love the idea that you don't correct the problem from the house. You just like react personally or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when the sun moves over here. <laughs> I go into the other room. But then uh, today Marianne was like, Target's having a sale on curtains. We should probably get that taken care of. And I was like, all right. Uh, okay, like maybe like $100. It's probably going to be like $300. Oh, I believe it. For like a fucking window treatment. F- fuck that noise. That's, that's almost that's a as video much game as, console and a game. It's almost as much as my dryer I just bought. <laughs> That was a washer. Did I say washer? It's definitely a dryer. Mm, okay. My story's not adding up now. <laughs> yes, but a dryer a dryer seems like that should be like a five hundred to a thousand dollar piece of equipment or more. A curtain seems like, you know, I should be able to get everything done for like fifty bucks. Yes. But because it's like a house that I live in, you know, maybe go a hundred mm-hmm. for something nice. No, it's gonna be like three hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh yeah, that very much feels like a car part where, like, literally you're like, or a prescription. Every time I get a prescription or for or something, I'm always like, oh, how much is it? And they're like, it's three forty nine, And I'm literally like, $3 or $300? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's true. You have no fucking idea. Yeah. I often get prescriptions filled and then don't. Like, I've been prescribed narcotics a few times. And I always get them filled and then just don't do anything with them. Yeah. Uh, I used a handful, like when I had my hernia surgery and stuff, and then uh, just disposed of the rest. Oh, mine have just been teeth stuff. Yeah. That scares me. The narcotics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the big thing. Yeah. That's why I don't do them. (laughs) Living that straight edge life. (laughs) Does straight edge apply to prescriptions? I mean, there's, like, they're narcotics. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference between Vicodin and like a prescription? Heroin. A prescription. It's that's just the, the man. <laughs> it's just the man telling you that one's okay and one's not, man. Yeah, that's true. You should go full straight edge and just go for the tattoos on your 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 uh, the back of your hands. Yeah, but here's the thing. I think straight edge implies like a religious thing. Does it really? I thought it did. I, I thought it was like a Christian thing. I didn't think so. Did you watch my video I sent you? Uh, you sent it to me like right before I got here. So yeah. okay. I was going to ask you if that's something I should have watched before the podcast. No, not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're talking about it now that I haven't watched it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, yeah. Dive into uh, Dead of Night. Sure. Uh, give us a synopsis. Uh it's an anthology movie called Dead of Night, where the title has nothing to do with anything. It's just a... We had to name these three things one thing. 
and we picked something that was dumb. <laughs> that sounded vaguely horrific. Yeah, there's a little bit of narration to the beginning that's like, the dead of night doesn't mean nighttime. It can happen anytime. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Here's some stories. Cool. Uh, overall thoughts on dead uh, of night. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a made-for-TV thing from the 70s. And boy, does it feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's all right. It's, it's all fine. right. It very much feels like like uh, PG, slightly twisty uh, tales from the crypt yeah. in the most lame kind of of way. They definitely stories. put them in the right order. So it's like the first one is like boring, but it's got Ed Begley Jr. in it, so it's kind of okay. And the second one's boring, but it's got like a worthwhile twist. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is just kind of good. <laughs> that's that's going to go on the poster for the re-release of this. <laughs> is Justin Daniel, Remake Me Podcast. The third segment, kind of good. <laughs> yeah. I'd actually seen the third segment before. Oh, really? Uh, just the third segment. And... Uh, uh, I I thought that about that when I was gonna want when we when we I think you I'm the one that pulled this up mm-hmm. um, from the uh, the roulette and I almost said it but I wasn't confident but I've definitely seen this before the third segment only how did you come across that it's either it was either recommended from another podcast where they were talking about their favorite anthology segments mm-hmm. or if you look at the trivia this was also the third segment was also on another anthology that this director did so he's like well i've done one good thing i might as well yeah so it was like so i feel like if he would have done he could take like five segments and make three features out of them by just combining them in different ways yeah there you go uh which would be kind of genius (laughs) like they used to re-release stuff at the drive-in with different names Mm because then people would pay for it and not know they were going to go see the same movie it's kind of genius. But how how sad is it that literally a third of the movie you just recycle from another movie? Yeah. Especially you. You've seen it before. So you're just like, oh, okay. This again. Well, to be fair, kind of from the beginning, you know what's going to happen. The oh, only, for sure. <laughs> the only surprise is uh, on the cover of this. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true. Like. You kind of see the cover and like, oh, that's kind of just like shitty generic artwork. Mm-hmm. No, that's the high point of yeah. the uh, the special effects <laughs> featured in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with uh, the first segment. It's called Second Chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we have here, uh, I don't even want to give a synopsis because it's an anthology, so it's so short. So an anthology yeah. would just do the whole thing. Uh, let's just do it. So the synopsis is, what if somebody read a short story out loud and then there was also pictures because it's mostly narration it's a lot of narration and i'm sure this worked well as a short story but as an actual segment it's pretty boring yeah so we get a guy who's talking about his old favorite car they show him negotiating and he buys it for 100 dollars. Mm-hmm. and the old man said that it had been hit by a train all Flipped. these years ago Flipped a few times. Yep, and the people that were in it died. Yeah, and the guy's like, "I gotta have that." To to be fair to the segment, uh, I was busy like prepping my notes, so I missed the whole backstory to the car. Mm-hmm. So the whole third act to the segment was pretty meaningless to me. 
And then I was like, is this information we should have known? And then I rewound after it ended and was like, oh, okay. Oh, I get it. I guess it makes sense. <laughs> you just, basically missed the- It still seems weird, but- You basically missed the first act of the movie. Like, <laughs> I was just like, old man t- selling young guy car, got it. Prep, you know. So he restores the car. Mm-hmm. He decides to take it out for a spin, make sure to put the uh, the license plate on it. Yeah, the original license plate. And his mom's like, you're going you're gonna to get arrested. And he's like, I'm, it's, I'm going down a back road. Yeah. Calm your tits, mom. Yeah. Uh, and then he drives into the past. Oh, to 1926. Uh, and he puts this together pretty quick. Yeah. Like, he sees one old car and was like, huh, that's really cool and then sees like two more and he's like i'm, I'm in definitely the in the past <laughs> not is there a show in town yeah. every yes, time yes. i've seen like two or three uh older cars i'm not like i'm in the past now i'm like oh is there like a duesenberg yes, exactly. festival going yes. on mm-hmm. <laughs> i not, must have missed the parade not for him he's in the past it feels <laughs> like i've probably said this before but uh routinely when i'll be having a dream i'll be like wait a minute is this a dream and I pause and I look around and I'm like, no, this is definitely real. And I'm so fucking dumb because never once in real life have I ever asked myself that. <laughs> never once. But literally 30 times in my dreams, I've been like, am I dreaming? And then I really size up the c- scenario that I'm in. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm in my childhood bedroom that somehow is three stories. <laughs> yeah. This totally adds up. Yes, that's exactly what happens. It doesn't make the minute that I ask myself that question, I should know that it's a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but every time I convince myself that it's totally legit. Your brain can't let you know that it's a dream, man. Oh, yeah. Then what about those oranges? What? Did you make a Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 reference? <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 reference. 3? Yeah. Okay. My bad. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, so he, his car gets stolen and then immediately I'm like, Oh, I just figured out this entire thing. <laughs> but luckily for you, you were still the, yeah, no. I was still in the dark. Yes. I immediately was just like, well, segments over for me. I get it. Yeah. And he like, he like, uh, waves them down and then they like stop for a second before speeding on, uh, which is important later. Yes. <laughs> But then he just meets uh, this couple, and they're like, we saw he almost ran you down. You want to, like, talk to somebody or something? You just give them our names. And then he's like, I knew, like, the narration kicks in for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's like, I knew them, but I don't, I don't know them till they're 80 years old, and I'm 12 years old, and this is how time works, and thank you very much. <laughs> so he just random. <laughs> Then he, he, like, goes to his dad's childhood home. Yes. And stands out there creepily while narration happens mm-hmm. about how weird it would be if he went in there. And then he leaves. <laughs> I feel like this was the thought of the writer. Like, oh, I guess he could go back. And, and then just he left it in there. Like, right. it was just his stream of consciousness for the, <laughs> the author was just the narrator trying to brainstorm what he could do. Like, the whole time I'm watching this and hearing the narration, I'm like... This probably really worked well as a short story, and it does not work well as this at all. Anytime you feel like you need to add narration, you're you're doing it wrong. You've either picked the wrong source material, or you're not good at writing it. It's probably true. Is there instances with a good movie with narration? 
I mean, every time you hear about narration, it's usually like a last minute ad or something like Blade Runner. Um, famously, uh, the movie was taken out of uh, Ridley Scott's hands and the studio recut it and added narration. Um, I don't think I don't think I can recall an instance where narration is like good or at least nothing that really comes to mind. Yeah. I think he might be onto something there. Yeah. So he walks back to the future present? He he sleeps he just falls asleep on some random porch. Yeah. And wakes up in the And wakes up and then he's back in the future. And then Which is just, his present. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I was in the past. I lost my car. And then cut to six months later. Uh, and he's dating a girl. Uh-huh. Uh, and then comes to it's find... It's weird. He didn't remember her being in this class. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Thanks, narrator. Uh, so he starts dating a girl, and her father gives him a car? Her grandfather. Grandfather. Uh, they start talking cars, and he's like, I, I've got one of those... Jordan Playboys. Uh, and then they like have this conversation where he's like, it comes out that uh, <laughs> he tried to race a, a train and at the last second he realized he wasn't going to make it. So he turned the wheel back. And then <laughs> my favorite scene in this whole part comes. And then he's like, well, what made you, what made it so you didn't think you could beat the train? Oh, I don't know. Was it a guy standing in the middle of the road doing this? And he waves his arms back and forth. <laughs> no, like, I don't. Impotently. I don't recall that at all. Why would you ask that? Oh, no reason. <laughs> He's just like, I thought it might have happened that way is what he says. I thought it might have happened that way. Like he gives the most specific yeah. possible explanation. <laughs> it's, it's just how I picture it in my head. <laughs> He's so deflated. <laughs> So deflated. And then then luckily, he just has like this uh, museum of every license plate he's ever had. Uh, And he sees the license plate, and it's definitely the car. Mm -hmm. And then he gives them the car, and then they get married. The end. (laughs) Drive away in the car. Yeah. So the point of this was a guy traveled back in time in a car so that he could save... His future wife. So his future wife could exist. Correct. Because she was inside the ovaries, inside the ovaries of the woman in the car. Mm-hmm. It's true. Not very, uh, <laughs> not terrible. Like it doesn't really make me mad, but it just doesn't, uh, it's not really a full meal at all. Yeah. Like, it just I mean yeah. it's pretty non offensive, but it uh won't be doing a rewatch. <laughs> Let's say that. Ed Begley Jr. is fine in it. You know, he's a it's a if you want to watch a young Ed Begley Jr. and you only got like twenty three minutes. I don't know who that is. I don't know who you're talking about. The main character is Ed Begley Jr. I thought he kinda looks like William Cat. I knew he wasn't William Cat. <laughs> but he kind of looks like William Cat. Well, his name is Ed Begley Jr. Okay. And what was he in? He's in stuff. Okay. Thank you for being Pacific. Uh, he makes a cameo in the Ghostbusters reboot. If you 
try to explain who someone is and explain that they have a cameo that's your go-to, there's a problem. Uh, did you have you seen the tweet? He's super into recycling. The uh, the African American woman from Ghostbusters. Um, did. Les, Leslie Jones. Yes. You heard no. about this? So they announced Ghostbusters three is coming out, directed by Ivan Reichman's son. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to which I thought, okay, because like Ghostbusters, uh, I have no idea. I don't know anything about this guy's son. So the mm-hmm. fact that he is his son doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. It's a cool idea if he's good. Well, he's, he is good. He's done some stuff. I don't remember. I don't what. know. But the fact that he's his son doesn't mean anything to me. But she went I on I think this. he did old school? No, that was. No, never mind. Hold on. You you talk she, and I'll look up. So she had this big tweet about how it's very Trumpian that they're dismissing the women because they want guys back or whatever, right? Because it's supposed to be canon because it's obviously it's Ghostbusters 3. I usually don't feel like I get. Like I try to understand uh, the arguments uh, that are made from a point of view that's not a cisgendered white male. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is the perfect example of like, this is just reacting. If if the Ghostbusters remake or whatever it was called, it was a remake, I guess. If it was successful, then they would have done 25 more of those. Yeah. It was just because it wasn't successful is why they're doing it another path. Like, it's not that that Hollywood wants to put more males in those roles or whatever. Yeah. It's that I think there was a big... A big. Some people were douchebags and were like, "I don't want my Ghostbusters being girls." Yeah, there was a huge. Would you call it a front lash? <laughs> because it was before the movie ever came out. It was like right when they announced it. I guess it was a backlash to the announcement. There was this huge like, dudes like ah, Ghostbusters are dudes and blah blah blah. From what I haven't seen the movie, from what I hear, Leslie Jones is among the the best parts of it. But the movie just kind of sucked. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't and it was just resonate. like a CGI yeah. nightmare. No, it, it had, I had zero feelings about the fact that they were women. Like, yeah. legitimately. It doesn't matter. I don't okay. care. Kristen Wiig, uh, Melissa McCarthy from TV, not from movies, Leslie Jones, and um, Kate McKinnon. I fucking love Kate McKinnon. I think she's one of the best things about SNL. Her and Leslie Jones are probably two of my top five cast members. Uh, like, uh, you know, I love Kristen Wiig and I love everything Melissa McCarthy has done on TV. They're all incredibly funny. Chris Hemsworth playing like an idiot, I thought, uh, like, worked from what I've seen from like the trailers yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he was, it was the opposite of the, uh, it was just the male bimbo. He, yeah. He, he, he was the non-Annie Pops. Yes. He was the anti-Annie Pops. But uh, the anti-pops. it just didn't resonate with anybody. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, it's hard for me to say in my, you know, yeah. privileged on paper role. But uh, I don't feel like that. Had any, like, if anything, they're going to respond to money. Like, that is not yeah. part of it. So, Plus, um. Like, if something doesn't make it in America, like, you take it to China, like, that's where you get your money back. Like, that's the only reason that, like, um, Justice League and Batman versus Superman made any money is a lot of China. 
like uh, World of Warcraft made a ton of money in China, even though it hugely flopped here. I thought that was a video game. It is. There was a movie based off of it. Wow. Uh, You're impressed, aren't you? Yeah. Look at my pop culture knowledge. <laughs> but the one thing China doesn't do is ghosts. So this is uniquely American, and it flopped in America. And you can't take it to China, so what are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Uh, Jason Guys. Reit- uh, Jason Reitman has done a lot of really good stuff. He did Thank You for Smoking and Juno. Oh, I liked you. Thank You for Smoking. I liked Juno. Uh, Up in the Air, Young Adult, which you, if you haven't seen, is one of Patton Oswalt's no. best performances. The Fan and Up and Young Adult, I think, are his two best performances. Is that Charlize Theron? Yes. The one where like she's wearing like a green sweater on the cover Mm -hmm. i've never seen the movie but apparently i very much know the poster (laughs) yeah it's really good uh he also directed charlie's theron and tully uh the last year in 2018 i was just thinking of sully the tom hanks movie not not sully no not sully tully (laughs) um yeah i'm i wonder how that's going to be since it was ivan reitman and harold ramus that really made those Mm -hmm. and they're obviously not going to be in it. Like Bill Murray is the reason Ghostbusters three never happened, so he probably won't be in it, even though he made a cameo in Ghostbusters. Um, maybe you, he'll make a cameo in this. You haven't seen it. It pissed me off so much because they had the three living Ghostbusters in that movie. Yeah, and so they had them on board. But the, yeah, Ghostbusters never happened in that universe. Though. Yes, but if they had them on board, why could they literally not have had them like? They could have been sitting in a room one day, the three living Ghostbusters sitting in a room and maybe the ghost, the new Ghostbusters gave them a check for a franchise fee. Like literally anything just mm-hmm. to connect those two yeah. would have, would have now, meant so much Hopefully that's what more. this one will be. Yeah. I, they Hopefully they're passing the torch to somebody, yeah. I guess. And I don't care if it's men or women. No, I don't It doesn't either. matter. You know, but my, my like thinking is, okay, is Bill Murray going to be in it for anything? Dan Aykroyd's a crazy person now. I guess he always was, but even more so. Uh, you know, and Ernie Hudson will always be there. <laughs> Poor Ernie Hudson. Uh, he's in, He was in Grace and Frankie. I don't. The new season just came out. I haven't seen if he's in it. I don't know what that at is. All, but uh, it is a Netflix show uh, starring uh, Lily Tomlin and uh, not Joan Rivers. Hold on. Jane Fonda. I don't know who either of those people are. You don't... Uh, Lily Tomlin um, from Laughing. Did she make a cameo in something? Uh, (laughs) Yes, she... uh, She was the voice of um, Aunt May... In Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, of course. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, no such thing as a vampire is our second segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guess what the twist is? There's no such thing as a vampire. <laughs> I always wanted to... I always thought it would be amazing to come up with an idea like that. That uh, like the answer was in the title, but somehow it would be a reveal. Mm-hmm. right? Like John dies at the end, but then that would he actually dies at the end and it's a surprise or something. Uh, I always thought that would be clever. Like, but it have to be really clever. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm not that clever. I'm trying to 
this is this is bad bad air because I'm trying to think of something that has like if you're trying to think of that a- has happened before. Yeah. Where like when you read when you know the end of the movie and then you look at the title, you're like, oh shit, they told me the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that I can think of that though. Yeah. I kind of want to do that. Like where the whole time they're trying to figure out a password and the password is the title of the movie, but it's not super obvious the whole time. They kind of, they kind of, okay. Spoilers for season one or two of Sherlock coming forth. Uh, so there is um, an episode of Sherlock where there's this woman and she has a phone with uh, blackmail material on it and she gives it to Sherlock uh, but it's got a four uh, four digit password whatever um, and it says uh, I am locked and in between I am and locked is the four characters that you enter and if um, he has three chances if after the th- three chances he enters three wrong things it's automatically going to be uploaded and all shit's going to happen right and so the solution is she's obsessed with sherlock so it is i am sherlocked so s-h-e-r was the password Mm -hmm. and i thought that was cool Mm -hmm. same idea yeah some similar Mm -hmm. uh so no such thing as a vampire a woman wakes up all of a sudden and she's like holy fuck i got bit by a vampire yeah and it's like the 1800s in england yep or 1700s something it's 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 horses time uh so her husband yeah goes to somebody else do we know who this guy is at this point and asks for help he's like hey my bitch just got bit by a vampire well there's are you talking about carol the servant like butler don't know so there's Carol, who's like the butler and everything, and he's like, vampires, ah. And so they like deck out the house. Everyone leaves the town and like empties out, basically, because he's like the rich person in town. Um, the town empties. Uh, all the servants go home except for Carol, and they board up the house, hang garlic everywhere. But he's a man of science. He knows that there's no such thing as vampires, but he, he doesn't. He's exasperated. He doesn't know what he else jumps this on could this fucking vampire be. train really fast, bro. He doesn't know what this could be, so he has to, I guess, embrace vampires. Mm-hmm. And he calls a colleague or something. He writes out, and uh, this dude Michael shows up. Yeah, thank God who this guy is. And so the wife is like, "Oh, Michael, thank goodness you're here." Michael's like, "Why didn't you call me sooner?" Blah 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 blah. Uh, you can't let this vampire problem sit around. You gotta yeah. deal with him quick. And he's like, I didn't believe it at first, but you know, now that you're here, let's solve this together. And uh, so what he does is uh, he gives him poison tea and knocks him out mm-hmm. and puts him in a coffin in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then turns out he has been using needles to put vampire marks and draw blood yes. from his wife. Yep. And he has Carol go deal with the vampire. Yes. And Carol unwittingly murders her lover. Boom. Michael. Boom. That's the twist. It was her lover. Again, 
Uh, not offensive, but yeah. never going to watch it again. It was boring, and then it's like, oh, he that's, that's a cool way to get away with murder. <laughs> Convince somebody that there was a vampire. Uh-huh. Uh, then we have Bobby, which is definitely our best segment. Yes. Uh, but it's still fucked up. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'll, you meet this woman. Like, that's there are two people in this. There's the, mom, there's the mom and Bobby. Yes. But first thing you meet is the mom, and she gets a phone call from her husband, who's like, sorry, I have to go away on this business trip. Are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. You know, Bobby's been dead for two months, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm drawing a giant pentagram on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I've got. But I'm not going to tell you that because I'm, I'm just fucking do it. doing some sort of a conjuring spell, obviously, mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah, and so she's saying she's making this prayer, mm-hmm. and she says, which she puts she puts on a black robe and lights candles. Yes, uh, and she says three three four times during the prayer for my son Bobby who drowned on accident. He drowned mm-hmm. on accident. Everybody, he drowned on accident. I want to make sure everybody knows that he drowned. On accident. Yeah. And then she changes out of her, uh, she changes out of her, uh, demon summoning robes and into her, like, you know, evening robes. Yep. Uh, and then there's a knock at the door and there's Bobby. Out in the rain. He's back. Apparently he didn't drown. He was washed up on shore and was found by some couple. Yep. And they just sent him back out in the rain (laughs) to come home. Well, he escaped or something. Oh, I missed like, that. Like, they weren't mean, but he, like, ran away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stayed there for two months? Yeah. There's holes in this kid's story. <laughs> so she immediately is like, oh, I'm so glad you're home. Uh, let me spoil you. Let me, yeah. let me make you something to eat, blah, blah, blah. There is some <laughs> shit going on upstairs. <laughs> I- I think my kids are like making like ghost noises or something is what it sounds like. That's awesome. They're just howling. I just hear vague howling coming through the ceiling. Uh, So Bobby just like starts interrogating his mother. Yeah. uh, Asking him what she what she was. Were you nice to me, mommy? Yes. Were you nice to me? Uh, then he starts losing his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. Like he's, the lights are go out. He's yeah. throwing shit around. He's breaking stuff. He wants to play hide and seek. Yes. Uh, she ends up calling nine one one. Well, yeah, because he's not very nice when playing hide and seek. Mm-mm. Uh, he, on the phone, I, I wrote this down. Like the, the, the nine one one, is it nine one one that she calls or the husband? The husband, the, the husband calls. The husband calls her. Yes. Yeah. And she's, and I'm like, this guy is a fucking asshole on the phone. He just keeps repeating everything she's saying. And then she's like, why do you keep repeating everything I'm saying? And I'm like, you got me, movie. Little did I know the movie is smarter than me. Even this little, even this dumb little segment is smarter than me. Uh, yeah, because it's obviously Bobby on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we get our big reveal. Yeah. It's not Bobby. It's it's the... Have you ever seen Living in Oblivion? Uh, the Steve Buscemi, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Dinklage movie? Yeah. Okay. That... Uh, so, it's a movie about a uh, director trying to make a movie. And everything goes wrong. And it's a shitty movie. And it's great. Uh, but uh, Steve Buscemi's character hires Peter Dinklage's character 
uh, because there's a dream sequence. And so they put him in like a white tuxedo and he's holding an apple like just out of the main character's reach and like walking around her. And uh, he yells cut. And then like uh, Peter Dinklage has one of my favorite lines in this is like, uh, why is there a fucking dwarf in every dream sequence? <laughs> if that, whenever I think about that, I think about that and extra like kind of like extra is the movie that that is mocking. Cause there's like a dwarf in the dream sequence mm-hmm. yeah. that is, shouldn't be there for any reason. Yeah. That's exactly. I thought back to that yeah, when I watched Peter extra. Dinklage doesn't even say like, I don't even have dreams about dwarfs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the big real Bobby isn't Bobby. He's a dwarf demon. Uh, he, I saw Peter Dinklage had a tweet that was screenshotted that I saw mm-hmm. and it said, uh, I'm assuming it's a Game of Thrones calendar is what I assume it is. Okay. Because it's him, what I'm assuming is his Game of Thrones outfit. And he said, you're telling me I'm the cover guy for the shortest month. I'm not going to forget about this. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was in February. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he is a, is a little demon uh, because Bobby didn't want to come back. Yeah. Because Bobby drowned himself on purpose. Yeah. Because he doesn't like mommy. Mm-mm. She wasn't good to him. And then the little kid with white makeup. And like basically he has uh, Charlie Chaplin makeup on. Yeah, minus, the okay. must, minus the mustache. Sure. Lunges towards the camera. Like an emo Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> like an emo Charlie Chaplin, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's... The end of our movie. That's the movie. There's no like. There's no wraparound. There's no wraparound. So it, it's just an intro that's bullshit, and then three segments. It's everything you would expect a quote unquote horror movie from the '70s on TV to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I was wondering, like, is this like just three episodes from some show? That's. It feels so much like. Doesn't it feel like that's exactly what it could be? Yeah. It could be three episodes like, from a Tales from the dark side or tales from the crypt or outer limits or something anything like yeah, that like the 80s twilight zone even though you know that was the 80s and this is the yes, 70s that's exactly what it feels like yeah so yeah um that's all i got for it it was fine yeah it was the 70s ed felt, bigley jr felt like something your your mom would your any mom mm-hmm. would be like oh i watched this one as a kid i loved it and you'd watch it and be like you got excited about that i guess it was fine but whatever I mean, that little person was kind of scary, but. <laughs> um, do you know who Wilco is? The, you heard the band? band? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that they exist. Oh, okay. So I really like Wilco, and I just read Jeff Tweedy, the uh, lead singer's uh, and kind of creative mastermind, his book. Mm-hmm. And there was a story that I wanted to share with you that I really liked. Um Getting happy birthday text. Yeah, so sorry. I can't not look at it. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so, uh, so first, th- this I got this got me thinking. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him because he was saying that he so he told the story that he lost his virginity at 14 okay. to a 25 year old woman, and he was like, right, "Look, there's nobody, no, like he pointed out this. There's no figurehead for." a young male feeling like he was raped by an older woman. There's no figurehead. There's no celebrity figurehead for that. Sure. And he's like, I'm not famous enough to be that person, but it fucked me up. Like it, it, it absolutely was. 
I don't know if I don't want to say he used the word just as bad, but it wasn't good for like the psyche of a 14 year old. Sure. And he's like, he even tried to talk to his friends about it at the time, but they had the macho 14 year old attitude. Yeah, every 14 year old friend would just be like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. And he and you probably thought it was awesome before it happened. Maybe. Potentially, maybe. Yeah. Even if you did like, like, yeah. So even if you wanted it to happen. That doesn't mean it should have happened yeah. or that it won't fuck you up. But so I was like, kudos to him for putting that in his book. Yeah. Pretty fucking awesome. And then it really got me thinking there isn't that figurehead. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. there's, I don't know, like we've empowered women to come forward. Um, Somewhat. We're, we're working we're towards We're in the that. process. How's that? Okay. We're, we're getting we're, better at it. Yes. I don't know if we're getting better about young guys. I mean, Terry Crews is the closest example. I can think of is he testified in front of Congress. He had a Me Too movement or Me Too moment of, um, you know, executives um, trying to pressure him to do things. Um, I mean, it, that was male on male, but in my head, the closest Terry Crews is Dauber from Coach. Terry Crews is the big black guy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He. Uh, He's the new Carl Weathers or Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, okay. I know both of, of those guys. If you think of current large black man. If they may remade Green Mile, it would you, be him. Do you remember the old uh, any Old Spice commercials? No. I've had TV in years, uh, man. All right. I'm going to pull up a picture. You talk more. I've seen trailers for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and it I, looks like I want to fucking hate that show so much. I thought it was going to be terrible. It's oh, hilarious. Oh, I can't stand that. Anyway, so the uh, the big the big one that I really wanted to share with you that I loved so much is I no? I think that's the wrestler that fell down at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> that's if I didn't know your lack of pop culture, that'd be kind of racist. <laughs> it's um, actually probably still kind of racist. I mean, is it? I don't think it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's I'm probably. Not, um, anyway, so uh, they've got a CD. You never watched um, Idiocracy? Mm, watched it once and hated it. Mm, he was the president in Idiocracy. Don't remember. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so there's a, a CD they came out with a few years ago. This album, I thought it was really good. I liked it. The cover art seemed... I noticed it, but I didn't put that much thought into it. Didn't research it at all. The title definitely seemed weird to me, but again, I didn't research it. Mm-hmm. And he told the story behind this. So they came out with the CD and the, in their recording area where they record you like that, those mm-hmm. words yeah. together, they've got a, a painting of a cat. This sort of became like their mascot throughout the recording process and everything. Are you wanting another water or something? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so he sort of became their, their, uh, their mascot during the recording process. I was trying to do that real smoothly. You were like looking around. Yeah, like, and then you just like call it out. I was like, come on. Well, if you, like, you there's nothing you, you can do like about you were going to sneak up on a water. Like, yeah, you were telling a story. It was the perfect Sorry. opportunity Sorry. for me to get <laughs> I was going to go get you one. Anyway, so uh, they have this painting of a cat in what they call their lo- the loft, which is where they record. Mm-hmm. And this cat became their sort of like mascot for the album. So they were like, all right, let's let, let they became obsessed with this cat. So they kept trying to research it. They had a name on the back of it because it's the original painting. They're trying to track down who the artist is. Kept trying to track it down. They emailed this person. No, that's not me. They emailed that person. They can't figure out who the fuck this artist is for this cat painting. 
So they decided like, all right, we want to figure this out. Here's what we're going to do. Let's put it on the cover of the album and the artist will come to us. Yeah, he'll sue them or something. Genius, right? right? Genius. So they had alternative artwork all figured out. uh, And they were trying to figure out what's the way to guarantee it. So they found, they got the alternative artwork. They came up with a title that would ensure that when they got sued, they would put new artwork on it and Mm -hmm. change the album title to Cease and Desist. Nice. It's pretty cool, right? So, do you want to see a picture of it and find out the name of the CD? Sure. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How are you going to get stopped before that, though, right? Huh? It came out like five years ago. They've never gotten any letter, so they, the album's still called Star Wars. Hmm. They've never been contacted by George Lucas, by anybody from Lucasfilm or Disney. No, the artist has never found them, so now they have the I, the whole concept just fell on its face because it's still just called Star Wars. <laughs> Nobody pretty... ever sued him for anything, so they still don't know who did the artwork. That's and it's good. still called Star Wars. Like I feel like that's awesome of Disney that they like because they were getting goaded into doing it. Mm-hmm. That they were just like, "No, you're the one person we're not going to sue." That's pretty good. I thought that was funny, and I love that it kind of fell on their face for them. The uh, the alternative artwork mm-hmm. was going to use, so it's going to be called Cease and Desist. Yeah, and they were going to use the McDonald's M for the Wilco. Nice. Yeah. That was pretty, that'd be pretty good. I thought you'd appreciate that. It's called Star Wars. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) So so like the last 12 minutes have just been like, the punchline is, I thought you'd like that. It it was called Star Wars. Yeah, that's it. All right. Cool. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, When you were like talking about Wilco and started talking about like the lead singer, you just name dropped him like. I'm supposed to know who he is. Oh, I'm sorry. It uh, reminded me of an SNL skit from like last week or the week before. Uh, Matt Damon was on. Matt Damon. Yeah. And so it's like this. Fun fact. Matt Damon was Ben's number one gay guy in uh, forever. Nice. Go ahead. Um, so it's just like a dinner party with like uh, neighbors and stuff. And uh, Weezer, the band Weezer comes up. And it turns out that it's the Matt Damon character's favorite band, but it's also the Leslie Jones character's favorite band. But they get into an argument about if, like, Leslie Jones is, like, uh, talking about how they only had two good albums and then everything sucked after that. And he's, like, die die hard. Everything they've ever put out is gold. And they just have this huge fight and it escalates. And they just, like, start name-dropping... God, what's the lead singer's name? I forgot it already. Rivers Cuomo. He was, yeah, they start you like they start talking about Rivers, and then the other people are like commenting like Rivers is that is that somebody from the band? <laughs> <laughs> and so they're just name dropping all this shit, and everyone just re- I thought that it was a really funny skit. Uh, I, I would have, recommend watching it on I YouTube. I heard the new Weezer song on the radio because my kids make me listen to the radio sometimes. Okay. A lot of what I hear on the radio, I just completely dismiss, and it seems disposable to me is the best word Mm -hmm. and then i heard the new weezer song and it made me so fucking angry how much i hated it is it the new is the new weezer song still their cover of africa by toto no it's uh i like i did it all for the hustle or i can do the hustle Uh, i don't know uh it is so fucking terrible because he's they've got to be 50 
Yeah. It makes me, it's the worst. <laughs> the worst. And this is from somebody that can handle Weezer. Like, uh, there's, <laughs> it's not like I'm a, I hate Weezer. Yeah. I fucking hate that song. They're the band that I'm like, oh, they have some good songs. Yeah. Wait until you hear this song. That is not a good one. Did you ever listen to the M word uh, thing that I sent you? M word. M word. The him of she and him, his solo stuff. Oh, no. Like, so you should try that early, maybe at work or whatever. Yeah. Put some music on. Yeah, think about that. You should try that. Yeah. Um, Fear Inc.? Fear Inc. You I was kind of disappointed the that the cover art did not match the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because the movie is competent. Yeah. I, I would has, recommend this movie. And has real artwork. Yeah. Um. Which, to be fair, the cool artwork uh, for um, Dead of Night wasn't exactly the same as what was on Amazon. It's true. Uh, I don't think they've ever, in any of these Glory Hole episodes, I don't think they've ever actually been the same. No. Uh, So, Fear Inc. is the game. Yes. (laughs) It's a horror version of the game. Sure. Uh, Overall thoughts? Uh, It was fine. Uh... I really enjoyed the first two acts. I feel like the third act um, was kind of eh. But the first two acts, like when they're in the game, I thought were actually great. And I was laughing along a lot. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie. Mm -hmm. I think that I still have big problems with this movie. Sure. But I enjoyed it and still would say I do enjoy it, Mm -hmm. even though I have problems with it. Yeah. yeah, this was definitely a surprise for me. I was surprised that I liked this as much as I did, especially based off the cover that we originally were getting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we start off with a, a pretty blonde girl getting chased. Shocking. That's mm-hmm. never once happened in a horror yeah, no, movie. no, never. Uh, and getting killed in a car. Maybe killed. Maybe killed. Attacked in a car. How's that? Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to an annoying young couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? What's the first thing we see? Uh, I say we cut to them. I don't remember. I don't either. So, blind girl getting chased. These two are in a bar, right? So they're in a bar, and who comes up to them in a bar? Well, the guy's talking about he loves horror movies or scariness, right? Mm-hmm. Who comes up to them in a bar? The fucking kid from Sandlot, bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> and son-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> was he in Mighty Ducks or am I? Yeah, just he's in Mighty a Ducks. Fattest. Yeah, okay. he's in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, yeah. Dude comes up to him, and the whole time I'm just like expecting him to still be 12 years old. Like yeah, he still looks like he's 12 years old. My first note here is, "You're killing me, Smalls." <laughs> yeah, they were in a haunted house. That's why I look, the confused look on my face when you said they were in a bar. They were in a haunted house. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my fine. Bad. My bad. Whatever. I just so, wanted to know why I was confused. So Sandlot, and it turns out it's your fault. So Sandlot approaches them, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You really want to be scared? Call this number." Yeah, because they're in a haunted house, and he's like, this isn't really scary. And she's like, I thought it was scary. Yes. Uh, so there we go. So then we cut to the dude at home playing video games. But you know he was the security guard in the first segment. She, like, runs into the security guard, and he's like, oh, excuse me. Well, you know, if you need me, I'm going to be in that. If you ever need anything, my office is right over there. I missed that for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. I might yeah, have been he's the non-killer notes. character in that first segment. Missed it. Yeah. That's why it's my first note here is you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, so he's at home. Our, our main character is at home playing video games. 
and it's great because he's yelling and cursing and talking a bunch of shit. And then he even comments like that. He's saying all the shit to a 13 year old and he's getting his ass kicked by a 13 year old. Yeah. And immediately I'm like, I was ready to hate this movie. I like that acknowledgement that you're playing against 13 year olds and losing. I wanted to see the screen to see what type of game he was playing because like people in movies, he was using the face buttons a lot more than the triggers. Mm hmm. And you use if you're playing a shooting game, which most people are, you mostly are using the triggers, and not so much the face buttons. But you didn't know what game he was playing. He could have been playing a fighting game, so it could have been face button heavy. So I can neither applaud nor ding the movie for this. Uh, I ding the movie because their friends come over, and then we watch people do bad impressions for like three or four minutes. It's intercut. Like they do, like one bad impression. And then they intercut back to other stuff. It's like a montage of the night. Impressions are not good. Even if they are good. When they are bad, it is not good. I, but that's the point. They were bad impressions. And it oh. was a game to guess who they were. So our lead... I didn't, our, I, I'm not going to ding them for that. Yeah, I ding them. Uh, so our main character decides he's going to call Fear Inc. He makes that call. Their business card, by the way, the, the uh, mask on there... I have a note here that says it looks like a Lucas mask, and I couldn't figure out what that meant. Uh, apparently, I got autocorrected from Lucha mask. Oh, I think okay. it's supposed to be a ski mask, mm-hmm. but it definitely looked like a Lucha mask. I could see that. Yeah. Anyway, he calls Fear Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, I'm sorry. We're full. Yeah. Okay. That sucked. Yeah. Hmm. Guess that, that, I guess that's the end of guess that. nothing's going to happen. Uh, uh, so they continue partying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they have a game where they have to chug Smirnoff ice. Yeah. (laughs) Like him and his friend. And this is another moment where I'm like, I I feel like I should be hating this movie Mm because like you're partying and I don't party even though I went to (laughs) the college or the party school. Uh, But I love the idea that these guys that are like supposed to be badasses have this game that they've had forever where they have to chug Smirnoff ice. Yeah. You got iced, bro. Uh, remember, we've said this before. I got to reiterate real quick. Remember when we went to a bar and I wanted a Smirnoff ice and they, <laughs> they had to dust one off for you <laughs> and acted shocked that someone, a man wanted it. I, I use man in the, I in think the we have one term. of those from ladies night, 1998. <laughs> Let me check. That's totally true story. I don't know. Did I ever tell you like, uh, we went to see Slim Sess's auto club Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was still in this phase and I went to order a Smirnoff and they gave me like Smirnoff vodka and I had to pay like my $7 and walk away sad and then brought it over. And my, my wife was like, I thought you were getting a Smirnoff. I was like, I think this is a Smirnoff. <laughs> it burns. I did drink it too. Cause I was like, you paid $7, I paid $7, for, $7 for this. I'm not going to not drink mm-hmm. it. And it was horrible. Walk. <laughs> I just wanted the cold, refreshing taste of a lady's drink. Uh, How bad would it have been if I walked up like immediately after? I was like, "Can I have a Smirnoff ice now?" It's for my, it's for my wife over there. I, my, I said Smirnoff to my wife, and she really wanted a Smirnoff ice. So can I get like seven of those? You know, for the table. Uh, so they they have this Smirnoff drink, and then it so loses. I, I really appreciate like the couple goes off to like have sex and just in the background, like 
creepy appears. Like this movie does a real good job of creepy. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, before it turns into all out, like we're gonna parody horror movies. Sure, it does a real good job of just being fucking creepy, mm-hmm. but it, still funny. It it balances. I I don't get it because this is like this isn't like a big movie or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I totally applaud them because I feel like they had a consistent balance of tone between like genuinely creepy, genuinely horror, but also like always this uh, comedy, right? He, yes. Here's how they did that. They had characters that were supplying the funny. Like sure, the scenario yeah. was never set up, right? Mm-hmm. That they were funny. And that's like, you haven't seen him, but Adam Green has the Hatchet movies. Okay. And his rule always, so this is sur- surprise, it's a killer guy in the woods right mm-hmm. so it's it's jason Voorhees, but they're really funny and his rule was always i can have funny people i can have them do funny things but the killer is never the funny part like it's not scary movie where the killer is slipping and falling yeah or anything and i think that that's what this movie follows and it works yeah. right because the funniness is between the characters and what they do and they say mm-hmm. it's not your villains exactly i it does lose me a little bit because you see our main character do coke too yeah i didn't really he like just that casually brings out coke like i feel like that the smoking weed and everything that's fine that's not hard drugs yes but that's, i feel like the coke came out and acceptable. i felt like he he distanced yeah. himself from probably the average viewer mm-hmm. a little bit if he's supposed to be the everyman hanging out with his friends yeah he just he's just casually like no i'm just trying to even it out and that's never mentioned again yeah, I, I, I could and it's just like weird. Why put that in there? It could have lost that for me for sure. It would yeah. have helped him be the everyman mm-hmm. and the film, the the horror fan, which he's supposed to be, which is who's watching this, right? Willing to bet the average horror fan isn't doing coke. Yeah. Um, so the TV comes on. Is this the next morning, or is this at night? No, that's you. You skipped over the creepy homeless guy. I'm sorry. Or so that yeah, he goes into the house and. Uh, someone in the sauna has knifed up a message that's like, "You're you. Everyone's gonna die." Basically, written in blood, and then he turns around and this crazy guy like, uh, basically like attacks him mm-hmm. and knocks him out. Yes. Uh, and the police are like, "Oh, it was probably just a homeless guy wandered in." Homeless guy like wrote a note and set up a trap. <laughs> Yeah. By wandering in? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. You ever had that happen? Can't say that I have. Hmm. Uh, so then the TV comes on? Sure. TV comes on and they are, it's a reporter outside of their house saying that their neighbor and uh, basically describes his three friends were all found dead and he's the prime suspect. Yep. And then I wrote the note here. Oh, fuck. This movie is the game. I already know what's going on. I'm disappointed because I know what the next hour is going to bring me. Mm-hmm. I was kind of enjoying this movie. Fuck, it's the game. Yeah. Why am I still watching this? Because, <laughs> well, I'm, obli- because I'm obligated to is the only reason that I continued watching this movie at this point. Because it's the game. You probably knew it at this point too, right? I've never seen the game. You know what the game is? I've heard of I know what it is because it's described in this movie. It is. So... <laughs> Jumping forward a couple notes, it, it instantly won me back. I think it won me back a little bit in the between there, but it definitely won me back because uh, they're getting attacked, right? I think mm-hmm. we get our first attack. Yeah. And then he confesses that he called Fear Inc. 
And then he's like, wait a minute, this is the game. Yeah, because he's, well, no, he's, it's not like the a revelation. He's trying to convince uh, his girlfriend. Yes. Because he, the whole time, is like totally enjoying it, and all his friends are like, Well, we didn't Fuck say what you. he's enjoying it. I'm sorry. We did, we, we've skipped ahead. That's my mistake. I apologize. No, that's fine. Um, so the TV comes on, right? Yeah. And then they go to leave, or they get attacked. Then the power goes out. The power goes out. And then he goes to turn it on, and then hears a noise. And that's when Bill gets Bill the neighbor gets stabbed. Yes, and then he gets chased back into the house, yep. and everyone everyone's scared. Yes, so they like, just hey, saw the neighbor. The cops. They got, saw the neighbor get murdered. Yeah, but even as they're seeing the neighbor get murdered, well, he's our the only one. He's the only one who's there. Like he's like, oh fuck yeah, yeah, exactly, because he yeah. is ascribing this to the fear ink thing, right? Right. He's put it together already. So we have a our protagonist is smart that he's in on the uh, he gets it he knows that it's fear ink right and he goes back and tells them that they just got that the neighbor just got barry moored and he's describing you know it's basically scream yes uh and they're like that's fine this is fucked up yes these are fucked up people yep let's not fuck with them yes let's call the cops mm-hmm. uh and that's when he says this is the game and it won me back right there because i'm like it's smart enough that this guy knows the movies. They're acknowledging what the movie is. Yeah. They're hanging a lamppost on it. Mm-hmm. And it won me back at that moment. Yeah. So, uh, friend's wife gets Friday the 13th to the uh, the tree out back. Yep, with an arrow through her eyeball. And through her leg. Uh, he, uh, the killer grabs him. And uh, knocks him out with uh, the axe, mm-hmm. butt of his axe. Yep. And he wakes up in a saw room yes. in his garage. 100% saw room. So now we have Friday the 13th, Scream, The Shining with the note, yeah, written in blood, and saw mm-hmm. all being replicated. Yep. Uh, and so his friend is locked up in the same room. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend is uh, on a bed about to get attacked. Yes. And so he has to get a key. He Well, he has to cut off his friend's arm, his hand. Mm-hmm. And then he has to uh, go inside of him and get a key. Yes. So he figures out he cut the hand off and it's a rubber hand. So he's yeah. like, see, I get this. This yeah. is a game. You guys are fucking with me. He, but he's like, this blade is real, guys. And then the timer's still going down. He's like, fuck it, sorry. And he just cuts off the hand. He's like, oh, good, it's rubber. It's good. It's fake hand. Uh, it's fake hand, guys. We're okay. It was it's a fake like hand. the ultimate escape room, right? Like, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, so then he, like, notices that uh, his chest has been sewn up, sewn yep. shut. Mm-hmm. And so he cuts the the sewings, the stitches. Stitches. That's the word the I was looking for. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he cuts the sewings. Yep. Has to reach into this guy's stomach. Yeah. And, and like it's completely key. grossed out. Yep. Uh, but this is the point where he flips and uh, thinks that he actually killed his friend. Well, he knows he actually killed his friend. He finally put it together. Yeah. And uh, his friend disappears. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that scene. Like well, the, the lights flash. go out and the friend disappears. Yes. And the keys on the chair. Yes. Didn't like that one so much. Uh, and then he gets attacked by Sandlot. Yep. And he finally gets his retaliation and he chokes him to death. Mm-hmm. 
and his eyes are wide open. And then they put the mask back on his face. Yep. And that's how I knew, okay, he is alive. Because later they take the mask off and his eyes are closed. And I was like, that's one of two things. That's either a continuity error, Mm -hmm. but this movie's been competent. Or that's a clever way to tell the audience that if you're paying attention, hey, he's alive. Uh, So he tells his friend, or I'm sorry. His girlfriend. He tells his girlfriend. Well, his girlfriend's like, what the fuck? She immediately wakes up, takes off the uh, her ropes, and is like, what the fuck did you do? You killed him. Like, we did this for you. We did this. This, this is what we you planned wanted. All you this. wanted this to be legitimately scared. His friends come in. She and tells him that he just killed this fucking guy. Yeah. And they're like, dude, like, we hired them, but they're fucking crazy. Uh, you, you, they're not going to like that you just killed one of their people. Yeah. Not good. We're bouncing. Yeah. They roll out. They leave. Mm. Leaving him and his girlfriend there. The girlfriend convinces him to dump the body. Yes. And at this point, I feel like I know what's going on in the movie. And I'm realizing, like, this girlfriend, like, he's been scared already. Mission mm-hmm. accomplished. You yeah. don't need to fucking traumatize him. Like, she's giving him a case of PTSD for sure <laughs> by making him think she killed him, somebody yeah. and is going to dump a body. Mm-hmm. So they, cause she convinces him to let's go dump the body yeah. in Fear Inc.'s van. Yeah. And they get pulled over at one point. Yep. And here where is looking back, my least favorite scene in the entire movie. Okay. Is the cop comes up there and, uh, you know, they give some bullshit story and he's like, you know, I'll be back. And he comes back and he accidentally name drops and he's like, I, I didn't tell you my name. How did you know my name? Oh shit, you're Fear Inc. And then boom, he gets hit by a uh, car and like tumbles through the air. Did they actually hit a dude? Because I think he's in the back of the diner later. He is. He definitely is. So how do you... That's the, like, they totally CGI, like a vicious fucking crash. Yeah. So that's the part where I didn't like because it broke the reality of what they were trying to accomplish. I agree. I have one bigger problem with this movie, and we'll get to it. Okay. So Uh, they make it out to the desert, and... Uh, they they go to bury him, and Fearing shows up. Uh, yeah, they're like, "You killed one of us. We're gonna fucking take care of your woman." Yep. So they kill her. They yeah, they put hoods on both of them. They choke her and shoot her in the head and take her away. And so he wakes up and starts walking to a yeah. closest thing, Freaks which is out. a diner. Yeah. Uh, so he gets into the diner. Which says open 24 hours, but is locked. Yes. Uh, and he's like, hey, can I just use your phone? Goes to dial 911. And who's at the end of the, the diner His bar His girlfriend. Thing? Says, we got you good. Yeah, you fucker. We got you. And then everybody from PTSD Inc. <laughs> shows up to have drinks and hang yeah. out with them. His friends show up. Smalls everybody was in there. on it. Yep. Or everybody smalls, was in on it. Small. The guy that called Smalls Smalls. Yeah. Uh and that's the revelation. This was a game the entire time. Mm-hmm. No shock to anybody, I think, that's been watching the movie. No. And this is the moment that I have a big problem with the movie. 
is because that they legit kill all of four of the people that were involved. Mm-hmm. What would be the? I don't understand. Like your fear ink. Why would if you just want to murder people? I, I don't. I can't. Yeah, you could just say, "Hey, meet us at this diner," and then murder them. Then you don't need to go through all the rigmarole. But maybe that's what they like to do. Maybe that's how they get their rocks off. Maybe the whole time travel to the diner from the desert, they were all just fucking wanking. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we fucking got them. Uh, so this movie, had this movie not been funny or fun, I would mm-hmm. not have enjoyed it yeah. at all. If this was 100% uh, serious, just trying to tick those boxes for each genre or subgenre, mm-hmm. I would not have enjoyed it. But I, I do enjoy it. I do think it's fun. Uh, it's no contest for me. This is more fun than better than Dead of Night. Oh yeah, but uh, I really don't get that ending. It's like just a it, they have to have that one more ending to be a horror movie. I guess. I really wanted this other water, and I've drunk like none of it. Mm. I feel obligated to drink more now. <laughs> you should finish it off. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for Fear Inc., Justin? I feel like I owe. I would recommend it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's fun. A t- it is a fun, like, hour 15. Yeah, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Hour. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. And then, like, the last hour, last half hour or so is less fun. I would agree with that. But it's fine. It is fine. Um, next week? Next week. First movie. Next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently. I'm assuming that this is an anthology because this is Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Ready for your dead time story? (laughs) It's a pun. Uh, We had HBO when I was a kid. Yes. And I remember um, several times um, watching HBO as a kid at night when I shouldn't have been watching HBO and seeing the Crypt Keeper. And like this is gonna be this is gonna be the time where I actually watch it, <laughs> and like thirty seconds in, I'm like, "Fuck it, nope, it's too fucking scary." Uh, we never were we didn't have enough money to have HBO, mm-hmm. so we had, we had Showtime or one of the lesser channels, mm-hmm. and they would run reruns on that. I want to say reruns. So I don't know. They syndicated it. I don't know how they did it, but they yeah. bought it from HBO and ran it in batches. Yeah. Uh, and I loved that. I loved Tales from the Crypt so fucking much. But also, when I was watching it at like twelve or whatever, it was spooky enough that it, like it would get me once in a while. But I still fucking loved it. Like <laughs> I just wa- I just rewatched this movie and the intro. I got so many good nostalgic goosebumps watching mm-hmm. the intro to this movie. And you may have seen the intro, like you may have made it through it. But I remember even the intro, like bugging, like. Just watch that intro and imagine, like, you can see how that, I feel like that, to me, that's total nostalgia fuel, yeah. and I love it so much. To be fair, we didn't have the money to pay HBO either. Uh, my mom bought we uh, her first house in 1990, uh, and uh, we moved in and everything, and then we're like, huh, there are these jacks in the wall. They must go to the antenna that's on the roof. And we plugged them in, and we realized that it was free cable, and we watched free cable 
for like five years <laughs> before my mom was like, okay, I have enough money now. Like she'd gotten promoted through, you know, whatever, like we should be better people and not steal cable anymore. But it was just like the cable company never turned it off at that house. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. So what are we going to see with Demon Knight? Uh, I'm assuming a Crypt Keeper anthology. Okay. Maybe, you know, some tales from the crypt. Mm-hmm. Okay. You didn't describe the cover or anything. That's usually nope. what we do here. Okay. But it's I, it's one where I know it is. Okay. So, uh, the Crypt Keeper is on the cover. Surprise. Uh, he's wearing those, like, uh, John Lennon glasses that were popular again in the 90s. Uh, and maybe a beret. Can't tell. It's cut off. Uh, and then... There's a book that he's holding, and it says Tales from the Crypt, but inside the book is a door that's emanating light, and there's a dude with a briefcase and a trench coat. That's that's the cover. And there is an African-American child on the back, and that's it, and a bunch of words. Okay. So... I don't know. Number two. You ready? Yeah. Film number two. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming there's a connection here. <laughs> uh, it's a classic that I'm pretty sure I have seen 20, like 5, 10, 15, 20 minute chunks of this movie on, on and off because uh, it plays on cable a bunch. This is... Uh, it's classic. It's not a classic, but it's kind of a classic. Mm, it's got to be a, close. It's a cult classic. It's a cult definitely, classic. Definitely a cult classic. Uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, their first go round together from *Dust Till Dawn*. Uh, all I know about this movie is George Clooney and vampires, and uh, Quentin Tarantino did the part until there's vampires, and Robert Rodriguez did the rest. Right. Just watch the movie. We'll talk about that. Okay. Like, I know kind of what happens. Uh, very confusing disc combination you got there. So, it's got two discs. One is the movie. The other is a full-length documentary called Full Tilt Boogie. The movie is disc two. <laughs> <laughs> really messed me up. They both say 108 minutes runtime. And have the same stock number. <laughs> they both are it's, the same. They say the same thing. It's disc two. I I had to figure that out when I was watching it on my Saturday. <laughs> All right then. So yeah, it definitely threw me off. So which one are you going to prefer, Demon Knight or From Dusk Till Dawn? I don't know. I've seen From Dusk Till Dawn, but I never took it seriously. So it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't have good connotations in my brain. Okay. But I've learned to appreciate both Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez from when I made that first judgment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, I, I assume, like Tales from, the, they're both classics. Mm-hmm. In uh, they're both cult classics. I don't know about specifically this movie, but Tales from the Crypt as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go Tales from the Crypt because I've liked our anthologies. Yeah. Cool, Justin. Mm-hmm. What else you got for us? I really fucking have to pee.
So usually that's where we end. But I had to get on mic, me telling you, remember how I replaced the dryer yesterday? Uh-huh. Uh, it wasn't necessarily really drying really well. Okay. Uh, so I thought I might have to exchange it out. Mm-hmm. So the door to the bathroom that you always use just isn't on right now. That's cool. So I'll make sure the family stays away so you can pee. <laughs> I'll just, uh, yeah. 